0: We're in, we're in. Okay, so today my guest is Matt. Uh, Matt and I met a few weeks ago at my first ever networking event. Actually, I don't think I told you that. No. (laughs) Um, I was invited by another guest I've had on, Joey, which is a mutual friend of ours now. Um, I didn't know how I felt about the event, to be completely honest with you. I felt as though everyone sort of had an angle.
1: Yeah, I mean, that you'll find as you go to more of them that most of those events are like that. So people are either there to sell something or they're there to meet people like we were, which are the people I want to speak to. But the actual um, talks themselves, I found those quite boring. Like, they were really, really niche. Like, they were talking... Were they talking about, um, I forget what they're called um, now. Um,
0: Klaviyo,
1: Shopify. Yeah, well that stuff was a bit more interesting. But they talk talking about CBD oil quite a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's very specific. And they were like, is anybody in the room, you know, in the CBD market? And no one puts their hand up. I was like, it's quite a strange thing to talk yeah. about when it's a networking event based on Shopify and Klaviyo. So I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you get something different from all of these events. I, I've started going to a lot more of them since I met Joey as well. I mean, he's, yeah. he's really into them. And um, mm. I actually went to another one last night. You you always get something. I always go into these things you know, with an open mind. Mm. And if you think about it, we met there, and this is happening because of that. Um, so good I point. tend to good just point. go for these things and jump head first into them. And you always meet somebody, and something always kind of you know comes from it. So I like those events. Um, yeah, I don't see them as work, personally. Yeah? yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I think the guy, ended up talking about
0: some sort of trade freeze on CBD for a good 10 minutes Yeah. Um, but I think something quite useful that came about from the speech one of the girls who I think she designed websites for businesses yeah. she, she ended up saying like there's no point spending on advertisements if your product is shit essentially <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. like if you're just here to try and make bullshit sales and plug a crap product Mm -hmm. people can see through that and I think that sort of gets lost in translation when people are so motivated to get everything up Mm -hmm. and running and market and outsource and then it's like well what is the product you're actually offering here what's the value Mm -hmm. and something is weird because before I met you I was sort of thinking about this is a weird segue but I was sort of thinking about how how much money people spend on their pets yeah and i was like you know what that is something it's hard to predict how much money people are willing to spend on themselves is it an investment is it indulgence would you go into it's so clustered and i was like but pets people spend a lot of money on yeah and then i met you and then obviously if you don't mind going into a little bit more.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, um, you're right. Um, obviously, we're in a time of limited consumer spending. People are making less money. Um, everything's gone up in price. Inflation is high. So people are spending less. Consumer spending is down, basically. But it's not down, as I've noticed it, in in the pet niche, you know, People are still spending money on things they consider essential, and things for their pets, especially things like mm-hmm. I sell that are promoting health for pets, for dogs and cats. Consumer spending in that area doesn't seem to be down, or at least if it is, I haven't noticed it, mm-hmm. and it's not affected me. Um, so, do, you, do yeah. you predominantly
0: sell on
1: Amazon? Well, Amazon at the moment is my largest sales channel. I'm diversifying off of Amazon now. So I'm moving sales onto our Shopify store. I'm considering a few other platforms, yeah. But um, kind of coming back to what you said about um, the quality of a product and it's not worth just throwing money at advertising. I think that's really interesting. I remember when she said that and I think that's really dependent. So first of all, we were with somebody who does drop shipping at that time. Um, so he kind of does throw money on um, you know products on advertising and he does very well So I think it, it comes down to do you want a sustainable business the Italian guy? Yeah, and I think he does really well yeah. I, I I mean, I know him fairly well, but I've only met him a couple of times So I haven't got to know him really well, but I don't know so much about his business But I know drop shippers in general they do kind of throw money at ads They do have large profit margins and their products are not of good quality and they do really well. But that's not a sustainable business. What I'm trying to build is a sustainable brand that's worthy of being sold and something that I can grow. And I'm looking for something that actually adds value to people. Not something that, I'm not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes or kind of just make a quick buck at the expense of a customer. You know
0: what I picked up on that? I really did pick up on that. I spoke to quite a few people at the event and nothing against the Italian guy, but dropshippers come across as high volume, fuck it, yeah. let's just push it out there and see what happens. Yeah. And they, they, do, they do well, apparently. Um, I haven't gone too into behind the curtain and mm. what actually goes on, because I'm sure quality control must
1: be... It's, an, it's a nightmare. Like, so, yeah. for example, my website, somebody, I wouldn't say they spoofed it, somebody's created a very similar URL to mine. They're drop shipping and I've got a live chat on my website so our customer service is dealing with Honestly, the amount of messages I get, oh, this order hasn't arrived or oh, this came broken or this just didn't happen, this got canceled. We're talking like 20 a day. So I know these guys are selling in high volume. It's actually really annoying now. I've had to send them as like a cease and desist letter because we're trademarked really? for this brand. But that just, just from that, I realized, wow, these guys are selling in serious volume. And I've questioned a few of these people that have contacted me who are lovely people. Mm. These are like, you know, just to give you an example, like a 55 year old lady living in Cambridge or something. She's bought a harness and she's been ripped off. And they mostly was purchasing through ads on Facebook. So I know that and that's how I kind of found their website. But these guys make a lot of money. Right, so they've yeah. replicated your your
0: page and your brand.
1: No, they haven't really. They, it's just a very similar name. So we're perfects.com. Um, they're perfects.co. Nice. <laughs> it's really frustrating. And what's annoying is people mistakenly think that we've ripped them off um, and uh, luckily we don't sell any of the same products, but we probably will be in the future. But it, I mean, that, that doesn't really matter. But what, what I took from that is, you know, drop shippers make money, um, but they really let down their customers. And I think, you know, coming back to um, what, what I do, so I run an e-commerce pet brand. So we, we manufacture product pet products that promote health for pets, but they've mm-hmm. all got a little twist, really. So we do slow feeder dog bowls. That's probably our best-selling product. These are dog bowls that slow down eating, that promotes digestion. It just it creates Small. good eating habits. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, there's more slow feeder bowls being sold in the UK now than just normal dog really? bowls, because they're, they're superior. Not every dog needs it. Like, funny enough, um, so my girlfriend's dog, we don't use it at all, because he just doesn't need it. And I tell this to people, like if your dog isn't completely food orientated, like, you know, he's not that fussed about Mm -hmm. food. You don't need it, you can use a normal bowl, but for lots of dogs, they just wolf down their food. And all these bowls do is they just slow them down by about 10 minutes, that aids digestion, it stops them farting all the time, (laughs) like lots of dogs do. It's just a lot healthier, it's been shown, it stops bloating because they can't regulate you know their hunger so that's one product or we do pet scoops that have a clip on the side that keep the food fresh and they measure out food dog walking bags that have a little um hole in the side where the poop bags come out yeah we call it the grab and go range we're actually launching that on the website next week so they all have a twist but
0: how many products do you have
1: probably um like 11 now um and growing quickly but each product i put in a lot of work each product is a three month project essentially which is like product like sourcing what what i'm doing the research so the analytics what do people want what are people searching for using software you know what is the size of this product therefore what will my fulfillment cost be delivery costs how much can i sell it for is there a margin here you know, going back and forth with the design of the product, that takes months and months. I mean that, I go down a rabbit hole like, really? with that. Yes, yeah, mayhem. Once you design yeah. it,
0: what's the step to actually connect with a manufacturer and ensure the quality is?
1: Yeah, so at first that was difficult. Now I work with um, two or three manufacturers that I've got good relationships with. So one of my manufacturers works really well with yeah. plastics and with metals. So if there's certain things I'm making, I'll go straight to them. Or the TPR material, rubber. Another is fabric, so when I'm doing a bag or anything, I can go straight to them with a the design and we can get that made. And then the, the third one is toys, so it's amazing. I mean, mm. the, if the thing is about China is, it's got a bad rap, but the quality of some of these of these items, I can go to them with a picture of like a bear that I've sketched on a piece of paper and within two weeks they've made a fully just like, like 3D copy of it wow. and they're sending me a sample, it's crazy. Um, what
0: was the process yeah. in actually finding those manufacturers and ensuring the quality was up there with,
1: yeah. with what you were after? It was a process of trial and error and mistakes. Like I started out, you know, what I was working in corporate at the time, I'm sure we'll touch on that at the time, but my um, scope was so low at the beginning. Mm. Like I've looked back and I think part of the success of this business was I started with these pet food scoops that I've, that I've discussed. I put in so much time and energy into this product that was making like 30 quid profit a week. Like the, I literally, <laughs> I spent as much time as I've spent for big businesses doing like a project that affects 10,000 people. So I really put some time and energy into it. And I didn't really care about the money. I just yeah. really wanted to get a product that was up and running and a brand. I would definitely go into yeah. this because yeah. I
0: feel like the whole mindset needs to shift from the corporate to doing your own thing yeah and then also realizing at the end of the day you're putting energy into either or and it's sort yes. of you get wrapped up in the scale of what's going on in the mm-hmm. corporate world and then not understanding that actually what's my take home at yeah. the end of the month and how much of this deal mm-hmm. that i'm working on am i taking back with me yeah. or and what do i want to do with my
1: life Like you only have one life. Um, To go back to the manufacturer thing, so I just made loads of mistakes. I found one, it was crap. Made that it was really bad. Kept getting samples, just learning eventually. Created some lasting relationships. I read a lot, obviously. You know, there's a way. Luckily, I was managing an office in Beijing at the time, so I knew how to communicate with Chinese people because it's a cult, it's a different culture. Like I everything, China Europe corridor. It you're like you you so, know so like, yeah. there, it's there's a way. Actually, it's funny. I find the Brits and the Chinese in business get on so well. We're very similar in lots of ways. We're both quite modest. Mm. We we both we we'll maybe not say what we think. We're not as direct. And we'll skirt around it. Um, yeah, we both... Can I be honest? Yeah.
0: My experience with communicating with the Chinese team...
1: Yeah. Very blunt. <laughs> really? it's very
0: black and white.
1: Okay, that's different then, from my experience, yeah. But then in, in yeah. respects
0: to... They want a job done. Yeah. And once the job is done, we're all friends. Okay. We, it's, it's business at the yeah. end of the day. And we get on. But Fair then when play. you're getting to that point, I feel Brits are very how's it going, or (laughs) I hate to ask, please do do this, and the Chinese are like, not even a hello, just, I guess you're in
1: banking as well, which obviously plays a part, you know, like that's, I've never worked in the banking sector, but I've heard it's pretty cutthroat. I know, I yeah, don't, I it's don't a know if that's true. Yeah, a bit blunt. But it's money, man, like I'm looking on the board there and you've got 1.5 billion written yeah, on there. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be blunt. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it confidential, but it could be fair. This is This is your dreaming at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's your private money. But yeah, um, so I mean, yeah, there are cultural differences between, you know, when you're managing different offices, for example, you know, Tokyo, Beijing, New York, you notice these massive cultural differences in the way you communicate. But um, Wait, so, yeah. so when you were communicating with China yeah. and these manufacturers, are you
0: just emailing? Are you calling them? Are you? I'm, I'm
1: emailing them and at first, um, they just think you're full of shit. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, because they get so many of these things. They, you, there's so many guys that go and watch YouTube videos or whatever, yeah. think they're gonna do this, message them, they're getting a sample for a product that literally costs nothing and it doesn't mean anything to them. But over time, you build a rapport they see that you're for real, and then over time as your brand grows, now I'm in a completely different situation. When I approach a manufacturer, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a business to back it, and they know that our products are best-selling in the UK, so they, they respect us, and, and business is a lot easier. For, I'm, actually, I'm yeah. actually meeting my manufacturer for the first time in London um, nec- yeah, next month, and in I'll London? probably go, in London he's coming down, so that, that's how our business has progressed, and then I'm going up to China, hopefully, uh, I was probably next year at some point.
0: Have you been yeah. to China yet?
1: No, I haven't. I mean, because I started this business during the pandemic, so I haven't had a chance. Wow. Um, and yeah, I wasn't I wasn't planning on going to China during the wow. pandemic. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's. Uh, I want to go badly. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things. It's It's a bit terrifying though. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the cultural difference. And I'm not going, you know, I'm not going to Beijing. I'm going to like the factory sector. You're going, you're going with <laughs> yeah. a purpose. Yeah, I've got to go in with a... Uh, I gotta go in suited and booted and yeah. just put on that, that act. <laughs> so You know yeah. what? I, I yeah. have to say, yeah.
0: first off, congratulations. Best seller on Amazon isn't yeah. an easy feat mm-hmm. at Thank all. You. <laughs> so you've clearly worked very hard to get to that status and now yeah. obviously it's easier to develop relationships but to, to yeah. start off with I mean I'd yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to piece it together how you kind of break into it, how to <sighs>
1: Yeah, I, I think really the, the key is not having any expectations. Um, you know, Not going into it, at least on my, from my side, wanting to make money. I, I obviously, I want to make money, but what I really wanted to do was grow something. I've always been obsessed with growing mm. businesses, obsessed. Everything I've done in my life has been surrounded by, it's just been revolving around business, basically. So, um, yeah. That leads me on to my next question. Have you
0: always been like this? What was, always really?
1: Oh my God, like it's, it's cliche, but I have always known I was like an entrepreneur. Like it's one of those things. It's like, I was that kid selling sweets in the playground, yeah. selling, sneaking out at lunch, selling pizzas. Oh my God, I was used to make lunch passes and sell them. Even as a young, young kid, I was selling Pokemon cards um, to so much that the teachers had to make me give everyone's money back. Um, but it's yeah so it's always been the case uh, then I, when I was a I teenager I was playing online games I was starting businesses on those it's mm. like my first proper business at 12 and i just always doing it like, um, and I, but for the love of it not, yeah. not for the money side I mm. really and genuinely don't give a F about money mm. like just don't need it don't care about it don't have cars don't buy things it just doesn't interest me really um, I like that yeah.
0: You the, fall in love with the process.
1: Yeah, I love growing businesses, and like I want to run a, a bigger business. Um, but like money wise, I would say right now in my life, I'm completely comfortable. If someone gave me like a million pounds, I mm. genuinely, apart from For I've done a companies. nice and no, just like if some, just say someone randomly gave me a million pounds, I would go on some nice holidays. But other than that, I wouldn't buy anything. There's nothing that I want that I don't I already really? have. Genuinely, I I bought like my flat, and it's like it's a flat, like a one bed flat. That's all I need. I live with my cat. I've got my girlfriend. <laughs> I'm close to my family. Don't have a car. Don't yeah. need one in London. I've got all the clothes I need. It's like what do I need? Like nothing. Listen, I think you've got your your head's <laughs> yeah. screwed on.
0: Yeah, and you're in a great position to really focus yeah. on this on this company yeah and I think when you it's hard when you make decisions from a desperate place it's yeah. it's difficult I think having that sense of urgency can help yeah to get things kick started
1: oh I've got the urgency yeah. the urgency is related to time and what I want to achieve in my life mm-hmm. and you know I've got massive goals so I'm insanely urgent like time is finite that's why I left corporate I was just like you know first of all I have one life yeah um, it's not making me happy. I don't believe it's secure. Like my mum thought I was mad when I left, like mad. Like, mm. and it's like, is is a corporate job secure or am I relying on somebody else? And is it actually real security, relying on myself and not having to rely on other Did people? Did you find, regardless of the effort you put in,
0: in your corporate job, yeah. whether you work really, really hard or whether you completely coast, like a
1: lot of people yeah. do, you get paid the same? Sort of. I'm not gonna lie. I've moved up rapidly, um, and I never coasted. Just because I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, like, do that it's like I think I think you're the same. Like, I just it doesn't come. I sometimes in the pandemic I was like I should just coast now, but it's just mm. I just can't do it. Like, um, it's just not in my blood. Um, the corporate, you know, y- you touched on it recently. Like um, earlier, sorry. Um, I think you can only have one like obsession at a time. So I definitely, as the business started progressing, and I was doing it in my spare time, my attention at work definitely dipped. Still, probably you know doing quite a lot, but I noticed that my heart just wasn't in it in corporate anymore. And it, it, that wasn't always the way. Like, I was obsessed with my job as I was, I am with this now. But it just got to a point where I was like. Uh, the real turning point for me was so I was working in this big group. My um, I, I won't say the name. I don't know how it works with all this. But if
0: if you're cool with saying the
1: name, it's yeah, it. actually I probably won't because this person might. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this. But anyway, it was a it was my manager. She was amazing. You know, I mean, it's insane. One of these people that is awe inspiring. I mean, mm. she her previous job was at VP, and she had forty people working under her. Forty well paid professionals. Like she was smashing it. She was, yeah. I don't know how old she was. She looked really young. She looked like she was in her 30s. I never asked. But anyway, she's smashing it. And I looked at her life and I was like, this is, if I smash it mm. to the the most I can possibly can, this is what I'll get. And I don't want that. She's on about uh, maybe like 140, 50K. Great. She's working all day, every day. She's not resting. Her life's revolving around that. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And like even that amount of money for someone that's reaching the pinnacle of what they're doing, I just thought, no, that, that's, that's even though she was so amazing, it actually made me think twice. And I was like, no, I want to do something else and I want to do it now because time's fine yeah. and I have that urgency, but it's not related to money. Yeah.
0: It's very difficult. It's very difficult. I think it's not a bad thing to get the experience for a few years. Oh. You learn a ton and you oh, get yeah. paid. Yeah. So from, from that aspect, especially, mm. I think for me personally, I needed that confidence boost.
1: Oh man. Just
0: to, yeah. to have a bit of a backbone, go in and yeah. understand I can go into a, a massive company mm. and first of all, not feel like an imposter. Second of all, yeah. deal with that. Mm. And then third, actually be a very um, effective team member.
1: You, that need gives it. you that gives you a lot you so need it i speak to so many entrepreneurs now who are running their own business but they've never done they've never actually worked for a proper business like it's you need i'm really convinced that it's just so essential and it benefits me so so much i'm actually like i um, part of a mastermind right and there's some really successful entrepreneurs in there and um some of them uh do it well i mean you know i'm even though my business is a success, it's still near the beginning and now I've got so much more I need to do. I wouldn't call my business a success yet, like, but I'm hard on myself. But either way, these people way higher. Is, this not-
0: a, is a mastermind like a networking circle? It's a
1: group of essentially a group of you know, like-minded entrepreneurs and business owners where you kind of discuss, keep each other accountable. Nice. And lots of them haven't ever had that business experience, that true business experience. So they don't understand corporate culture and it's yeah. the little things you don't know how to email someone, how we communicate in an organization, the type of things we say, how hiring works, like um, just how an organization works. So when they get from that you know, multiple seven figure to that next jump, they're really lost. And that's where lots of entrepreneurs are lost with. That's where I'll come into my own, I think. From
0: the yeah. corporate aspect, I can say this. I don't know how much this is of value running your own company, yeah. but I imagine it's, it's a core cool, cool function. The operational side of things, yeah. the emailing, the working with uh, a massive network of teams, yeah. especially in banking, that's, that's fundamental. Yeah. I think um, actually getting things done. Strategy is one thing, mm-hmm. it's communicated down the chain of commands, yeah. but then being an effective operations person yeah. is really getting all of these teams working together yeah. and making sure that simple message is like Chinese whispers it sort of gets changed here and there and then dilutes and then before you know it, a very simple ask has turned into this weird email chain of people just passing things on to a different person without actually knowing. What is it that we're trying to get done?
1: Yeah, and, that, and it's those little things that you just don't even realize you're learning that are so important, just even to the basics, mm-hmm. a Teams meeting, a Zoom, a Zoom meeting. Some of these entrepreneurs have never been in an organization, so they don't know how to lead a meeting. I mean, that's a skill. Um, it's a skill that you yeah. learn. There's just so many things, you know. I I saw, I was thinking um, a couple of months ago, I was like, damn, why didn't I do this earlier? And then I thought to myself, no, just don't beat yourself up about that. First of all, life is a is just, you can't control what happens, you know. It's mm. a process. You, you pro- I wouldn't be ready to do what I'm doing now if I hadn't have gone through that. And it, and it is, it's tough. Like it's a mature mindset.
0: It, like it's that. the,
1: it's really the reality of life as well. And I just think, you know, all of those things really helped, you know, kind of craft me into the type of person now that can deal with that stress. Yeah. And it's the stress of a business like corporate will prepare you for that. Really? I, well, I, I was a lot more stressed it's funny because i've got more stress now in terms of things going wrong putting out fires but in corporate it was a different kind of stress towards the end i think i was burnt out from the pandemic but i was just really feeling it like i was struggling Mm. to sleep i was getting anxiety um and i don't know why because my team were amazing they were supportive you know i just got this amazing new job but I was just really just feeling anxious all the time. It's
0: interesting yeah. you say that. I, I speak with my older brother who runs his own, his own company. Yeah. And he's, he tells me quite often, the stress of running your own business is not even comparable with yeah. a corporation. It's so much more. Mm. But then this is interesting to, to hear. It is more, but it's,
1: it's a different, different type of... It's so different. It's just, to, just today. I've had crazy things happen that are just super, super stressful, but it is just nowhere near the same. First of all, I always had imposter syndrome in Mm -hmm. corporate, um, and that's a normal thing. When it's really cliche, but once I kind of aligned with, you know, my true self, which is doing this, something that I enjoy, all of that disappeared. And, um, and yeah, and even though I'm going through these stressful things, again, super cliche, but you know, when you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life, and that is true. And it's how you frame those stresses mm-hmm. as well. Like, for example, earlier today, I'm having a really stressful day. And then, you know, you can either frame it as, oh my gosh, I got to do all this work, I'm working like 70 hour weeks, or you can frame it, I chose to do this actually what i'm considering a stress is somebody else's dream i'm running a near seven figure brand i love that i cho- chose to do this you know i could stop doing this whenever i want i wait, want wait, to wait, do wait, this wait, wait. say
0: that again say that again how how many figures
1: um, well i'm hoping to cross the seven figure revenue mark within the next two months but wow. whether or not that how, will happen how long have you been up and running so it's hard because it's been so in February it will have been two years but I really wouldn't count the first year even of it so we've accelerated or I I should Mm. say I've accelerated I mean no I I always say we because there are other people lots of other people involved but they're not employees but we've accelerated this year but it's been nuts like I've been doing I don't know 70 hour weeks constant launches you know We'll probably touch on the fact that I got ill, but there may be some kind of, <laughs> they may be linked somehow. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been working really, really hard, um, but I've not been feeling like I've been working hard because, mm. and this is the genuine truth, I wake up every day so excited. Like as my eyes open, I'm just like, have a rush of excitement to get the day done. I've wow. never experienced anything like that in my life. You, you hear people talk about you know doing what you love, and you, you think, yeah, that's probably a load of BS, but I'm actually feeling it, and it hasn't worn off. It's been about five months doing this full time now, and I'm just loving it. It's really strange. That's yeah. amazing to hear. I, I
0: picked up on that when we first spoke, and you were like, you know what, I am stressed, and you told me what you were going through at the time. Um, but then you were still like, but I wake up and I'm just, I wouldn't replace it with anything. Like Nothing. I love what I'm doing. Yeah. I and love I, it. I wanted to ask you actually, so with, so now you've, you've been up and going for two years. Mm. I think starting out is just you, right? Yeah. It's just you doing this, mm-hmm. trying to build this business. Um, it can get lonely. Yeah. How do you, what i found is, when I go to work, I get my work done because I'm almost being held accountable by yeah, the company and by my managers and by yeah. the people I'm working for, the stakeholders. But then when I'm trying to do something for myself, it's hard to actually get it done and mm-hmm. keep that accountability to myself. Yeah. How do you how did you find trying to first build up I don't want to say momentum, I want to say discipline and just getting things done to now being in this this network and having other entrepreneurs I presume jump on a call and be like Matt what have you been doing this last week have you followed through with all the things Mm -hmm. you wanted to do
1: yeah well um lots of things I think so first of all the accountability I'm driven by an insane kind of I put really, I'm really tough on myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like I create massive targets. I've always created 10X goals and you know I just have to achieve them. And I, I don't worry about, I, I guess over time I've built a rapport with myself where if I say I'm going to do something, I, I don't question it because I just always, always do it. And every single day I do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And over time doing that, you kind of learn to trust yourself. But Build a muscle. Yeah, I mean, you know, self-control, the, the leading theory of self-control is the muscle theory. So this comes back to the psychological degrees. This is a really lesser known thing that I think is very interesting. So this is a leading theory in the psychological literature, but somehow hasn't made it through to self-development or anything like that. So essentially, psychologists believe that self-control is a muscle. and Being a muscle, as you train it, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So as you say you're gonna do something and then you actually do it, your self-control muscle gets stronger. They, we understand this in ways, we just we just don't put it into those words. So for example, in the army, they make their bed every morning. They're training their self-control muscle in the army and they come out with really strong ones. Someone like David Goggins, if you could see his self-control muscle, he'd look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, um, also, you know, when we, The thing is about the the muscle theory is, it's like a muscle, it gets stronger and stronger, but also like a muscle, it fatigues. So if you use it too much, you don't give yourself a break, you fatigue your muscle. So there's the marshmallow test and things like this, which uh, um, are studies, but we know this as well. Like we we take cheat days with diets, right? We don't really know why we do that, but it's because of the muscle theory. So um, I would ascribe to that. What
0: would you say about setting your goals to begin with, because if you go straight out the gate with a David Goggins, I'm going <laughs> to run a hundred miles and then you don't follow through yeah. with it. And it's like, well,
1: shit. yeah, yeah well I would say because you
0: must have a great relationship with how you set those goals yeah. and then reach them and then set bigger ones and, yeah so I, I, I was point, actually talking about
1: X. Joey I Talked to Joey about this the other day so I actually had an epiphany the other day that I was doing setting my goals a bit wrong so I've always set 10x goals right so at the beginning of the year when we're not making much at all yeah. I say I want to be a 7 figure brand and when you set a 10x goal you're forced to rethink your entire strategy not only your strategy who you are your behaviors every day and what you do. You know, I believe in having big dreams, but a dream without action is literally just a dream. Like, mm-hmm. So you've got to have action and goals. So that, that's the 10x goal, the big goal. You need to rethink your whole life. But then what you also need is short-term momentum goals. So next month I'm gonna do this, the month after I'm gonna do that. So the, the big goal's at the top, and then you have steps to get there. And what's important and what I haven't been doing until recently, and it's really helped me, is making short term momentum goals they're easily achievable, mm. so next month i 'm reaching such and such in revenue, and this will be my margin, something that's really within reach, and that kind of builds confidence and then it builds you to your 10x goal yeah
0: have you have you um, been setting weekly goals as well as daily goals?
1: No, but I set daily um i guess agendas things that i need to do so i i read a book so i guess all part of this is just massive studying massive reading one thing i've read that was really helpful is a book called the one thing Mm. so the one thing is something that i've used a lot and it's looking at your day in the morning what you have to do peeling away all the rubbish the procrastination and finding that one thing that will truly move you forward in your goals every Mm. day and it's quite obvious what it is What we tend to do, and I've been very guilty of this, is building a big list. Having that one thing that is difficult and we'll put that to the end of the list and then we'll tidy up our house all day oh yeah or we'll like clean the sock drawer or something and it's like no this is what you need to be doing focus on this get this done right now and then go and do all that rubbish my
0: problem (laughs) is i end up just writing another plan (laughs) on more things i need to do without actually doing anything i set out to initially do yeah that's
1: where the one thing comes in because
0: I, i think i'm paraphrasing here but i think it was elon musk who said something about a three-year goal and then tell yourself okay how do i achieve this three-year goal in six months yeah and then that sort of just completely mm. reshifts your brain yeah to think in a completely different way absolutely to, okay
1: shit. yeah there's a really interesting book i think it's called 10x is easier than 2x and it's about framing your goals in that mm. way um he tells a story in the book actually about a guy that um had a 10-year plan to get three buildings or whatever and um essentially just by reframing it um you know by reframing something to 10x Mm. i think he changed his goal to i'll do it within one year you have to rethink the entire structure of what you're doing and by doing that he realized he needed to think outside the box with his properties long story short he managed to achieve that within one year and i think a 10x goal um, basically makes you rethink all of your strategy whereas um, a 2x goal you can just keep doing the same thing generally and just really keep doing it a little better. So by making a massive goal, you have to rethink it. And um, I mean, on goals, then there's the the impossible goal. So I personally believe in this massively. You have a 10X goal, which my 10X goal is seven-figure revenue, my momentum goals, which are achievable goals, and then a huge life mission (laughs) that is insane that is embarrassing to talk about, that is just so massive that people will laugh at you when you say it. And that's the kind of emotional driver, like, and that's a 50 year goal. That, that's what drives you day in, day out, like a life's purpose. I think that's I've, quite I've important. heard a few,
0: I've heard yeah. a few.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm all for it, yeah. I'm
0: all for it. So recently we had someone <laughs> on who said, it's a crazy, massive goal, yeah. but I love it. Yeah. He said he wants to have a private jet. Okay. Yeah. And ever since you said that, I keep getting emails with these <laughs> companies trying to sell me a private jet. My YouTube feed is now this guy who is a private jet broker, and I'm sort of like, shit. Now I need to set my goals a little bit higher. Yeah, and I would say even higher than pick that. Pick up the thing. Like, what is <laughs> yeah. your? I mean, massive like record? I you said, don't it's
1: you know, I don't. I've only told a few key people about this, and um, like when I say an impossible goal, I would consider a private jet as Fairly possible, but <laughs> quite impossible. But I'm talking insane. Um, but it, it's it's something that really drives you. I mean, my ultimate goal and what gets me emotional and drives me, it's gonna sound really stupid, but I want to create a business that can basically pay off the NHS deficit every year. I love that. I, th- I think it's possible. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in hospital. I think we have problems in this country in that you know, the NHS is something we all love, right? Mm. It's that both sides love it. It's got serious problems. It can't be funded, in my opinion, by taxpayer money. I'm, I'm a big believer, not to go on too much of a tangent, that one of the biggest problems with capitalism is human nature, so human greed. We could replace it with socialism. It's not gonna make a difference because the greed is still there. You replace it with socialism, you're still gonna get greedy people. People are gonna still end up on top. So really what needs to happen is somebody needs to create a FTSE 100 business in this country and it needs to be structured in a way where money goes into the business. Mm. It covers staff costs and office costs and admin costs. Goes into R&D, so it creates new avenues for profit, new products, and then the rest of it that would go to your, you know, your Elon Musk or to your um, your major shareholder goes straight back into the country. Mm. It's a structure I've never seen a capitalist business do. If you had a FTSE 100 business that was designed solely to pull m- profit back into the country it's not inconceivable that you could pour billions back year on year if you ran one of the biggest e-commerce brands yeah. straight back into the country it's it's a crazy notion but my belief is if and I, I if it's me i don't care or someone else if somebody showed the way like that and was completely selfless it could you know show people what is possibly you know absolutely it, yeah.
0: there's also a lot of very very wealthy business people who have Set things up to to contribute back to global warming and try and yeah. help.
1: they yeah. have, but they all say, "Oh, I'm going to give it back when I die," or they give, <laughs> or they say, or they say this and that, and they retain it. What I'm thinking about is um, some is is creating a business that not just you know you give all your money away and it's gone. Something yeah. that is sustainable and is building. Like for example, take a imagine a FTSE 100 business. Don't get even get me started on the FTSE 100 because I think there's no innovation. A company that ran a variety of different e-commerce brands, that company, it was well known and marketed, put all of its profit back into the country. Mm-hmm. It could have a department which put it into policing, hospitals, whatever it was. Then who do you go and shop with when you have the option? You have one company that's giving it all back or one that isn't when you're buying kitchen things, anything. You go with the one who is giving it back. Yeah. So it's, it starts a chain reaction. And um, what's crazy is there's, there's over 20 people in this country who could basically plug the NHS deficit for about 10 years if they wanted, but no one does. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I don't believe in criticizing other people and telling them what to do with their money, but I ascribe to, I think it was Michelangelo who said criticize through creating. So what that means is, you know, instead of me going out and saying, oh, you should do that, I will work my whole life to try and, and obtain that wealth so I can do it myself and as I say it's a crazy goal it's probably not going to happen but it drives me and it gets me emotional and it really motivates me every day and this is an insane goal that. I, you think, know,
0: yeah. I think you've actually you've inspired me massively yeah. with that goal and I will I want to be you know, with you when you're <laughs> developing this company I'm going to be a a shareholder in this because I'm, I'm behind it
1: 100% it's probably insane but it's one of those things is like I say it's one of those goals that is insane but I think everyone should have one it's, it's a purpose look like, yeah I, I told you
0: man I told you yeah. I was in hospital for nine months yeah man. I, I lived imagine. there for nine months so I've seen firsthand how important the NHS is yeah. and especially the people working within it
1: they're amazing they're amazing they truly are like it, yeah. it's it's, it gets me emotional think about it like I, I spent um, I mean nothing like nine months I was thinking about this the other day I just can't imagine how hard that was I was only in there for two weeks man and I was psh, it was tough but yeah. <laughs> like, I wanted to get the hell out of there like they wouldn't let me out and I was too sick to get out anyway but the people in there and doing it, man, it's so... It's required in this country. Like, I'm, I'm going to LA in a few weeks. If I bloody trip over and break my leg, I'm done for. So That's yeah. 20 grand. Like, if you're poor in the US, you, you can't get injured. That, that doesn't make sense to me. Today. It becomes
0: very tricky because yeah. they rely on... I don't know this too well, but they rely on their insurance policies through work. Yeah. So it's very tied in with, you know, all of that stuff. And then how do you then... Do what you've done. Start your own company, yeah. and then let go of the insurance policies. And there's just a lot more really tough tangling you into the corporate world, and a lot more to think about consequences-wise.
1: That's so true. That's actually very true. And I think um, you know, managing an office in New York, I realised that it's very different there. Like, in so there is a lot less red tape in a way, and and in some ways, when it comes to healthcare, there's more. Obviously, you've got to provide healthcare. Um, you know, legally or not legally, but in other ways their maternity leave is like mm. really low, their annual leave, they get their like, their, um, we call it bank holidays, I don't know what they call it over there, but um, they get those, and you're really not obligated as an employer to give much else at all. Um, and I think you get eight days holiday. Eight re- yes, 10 days it's holiday really year. not good. I mean, and those things, you know, they do promote growth, whereas, you know, uh, I'm paying VAT. I'm actually starting to sell in the US now because that is just stifling business. I mean, no wonder Europe is so stagnant. We've got 20% VAT here, yeah. like 21%, I think, in Germany, 19% in France. America sales tax 6.5 to like 7.5%, depending wow. on the states. It's like that that promotes growth. Like. You know, get, getting back to the FTSE 100, I think it's, it's kind of shameful. You look at it; you've got commodities, you've got banking here. Like, what else? You've got insurance, maybe like an alcohol brand in America. You've got, you know, their top is they got their Disney's, their Apple's, their Amazon's, mm. their innovation. Like, wow, we, I've never actually we have no innovation here, back none. none. Like, yeah. if there's no one investing here. The the pound is the, now inflation is dropping and other things. Obviously, the pound's not doing well, but investment is low and um, innovation is really low. Like-
0: I've, I've actually
1: been stuck in my bubble here in London yeah. working um,
0: and bringing it back to my older brother. He's, yeah. he's not living here. He's working elsewhere. Okay. And he left when he was eight years ago. I think eight years ago now. And when he comes back to London, he says, I'm, I'm actually very shocked At how little it's changed, (laughs) yeah. Compared to when I was here eight years ago, like nothing has changed. Cause he's, um, I I don't mind saying, he lives in Dubai. Okay. And in eight years, how Dubai has advanced (laughs) is crazy. I mean, that's on steroids. Yeah. Let alone New York, Mm -hmm. where he's like, that's also, you know, free for all. And he's like, you come here and it's completely different. So I'm, I'm interested in getting exposed. To a a new financial hub, I definitely want to do that.
1: London's great, but it's 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 like old money. I mean, I love London. Don't get me wrong. London is great. It's one it's one of the most you know like financially stable, even though growth is low. Cities in the world is just saturated in a way. But we've lost what we need in England is like the American dream. Mm. We just don't have it. Like you know, it means that there's so much opportunity for entrepreneurs. There are very few people who are dreaming like I am here. And that's a real sad thing. Like you go to... Just just take my cat, for example. I want to buy cat treats. I can go to Sainsbury's. I can go to Tesco's. There's two, three treats, the same thing in every shop. but no one's doing anything. Yeah. Like no one is actually innovating. It's crazy how this much opportunity there is. This is a very interesting perspective. Is, like. um, but would,
0: would that be... If you want more of that, you're going to have to lose what we have in terms of the yeah. NHS.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Is, is there a bit of a push and pull with it?
1: Maybe, unless we completely restructure it. And I, I, I don't think... I don't think we need saving, but I don't think we can be saved by politicians. Mm -hmm. Politicians cannot fix this country. I'm a big believer that responsible entrepreneurs are the only people that can fix a country. Entrepreneurs create innovation, they create jobs, they create wealth, but responsible entrepreneurs, the next generation who are not hoarding and are giving back to their communities, that is what will save this country, in my opinion. And, you know, it's that's part of what I'm trying to do. And, it's very refreshing to hear yeah. someone
0: speak like this because
1: I think it's very selfless, especially in
0: today's day and age where we're more so selfish yeah. and very self-centred around our own brands and social media accounts and, and all of these things. So I'm, I'm very surprised this has come from you, to be honest. Well, I just I had, a, had a different image of an yeah. entrepreneur trying to build their own business, but...
1: There, there are there are signs of hope like first of all like the whole social media thing i don't have social media i don't yeah, have yeah, an instagram i don't have a nothing I, I just i have a business one but i just to me the the world is full of narcissists mm. i can't bear it like everyone's like look at me photo photo it's like god damn like, when did you make that decision i've it's been a yeah. year I've been
0: off off of everything
1: it's refreshing uh, it's been a while now yeah. I've just been doing my own thing like you know I've, I'm really close to my family I have a really like trusting transparent relationship with my girlfriend which enables me to do this stuff and she's, mm. she believes in me so when I leave my job and stuff she's like cool you go do it which is amazing and other than that you know and i've got my close friends and i'm and i'm going out and networking meeting people like you and Joey i don't need the world to think i'm a cool ceo or that i'm rich or i just don't care i just don't care i think yeah. i
0: think there is a way to to use it for a good purpose and at the moment well a year ago, I just I was consuming way too much. I was quite literally on my phone for eight hours a day. Yeah. And I just couldn't comprehend how I've spent eight hours <laughs> continuously, day after day, on my phone. It just didn't make sense to me, but I was. Um, and I was consuming bullshit.
1: Yeah.
0: And I just realized, no, I need to get rid of this and really pay attention to my work. Those eight hours can be converted into actually going hard at my work. Yeah, And that's naturally developed into now thinking okay cool what's the next step let me try and learn a little bit more about credit credit mm-hmm. analysis work which yeah. I'm trying to do but also I'm now writing my business ideas trying to pick up steam on, on what else I could be doing this podcast and I think it I mean seeing Joey build his social media accounts crazy yeah just seeing his reach how many people yeah. you can actually meet on the right path uh-huh. not necessarily for a narcissistic point of view and trying to get likes yeah. and whatever but it's actually finding very interesting, cool people who are doing you know, very interesting things, like yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really like spending time with Joey because of that, and I think the reason why he's blowing up on social media is because he's adding value. Yeah, He's, I, I don't understand what the hell he's doing, it's all that financial stuff that goes over my head, like CFO stuff, but it clearly resonates with people, and he's adding value, and that's why Tremendous he's growing. Yeah. Um, yeah i just think it's um it's fascinating he's another one of those people that's just like really driven really pushing for their goals and i love being around people like that because it it drives you and i think when it comes to social media i think the turning point for me was um you need to be so careful what you allow into your brain like when you wake up in the morning you're incredibly like your your mind is like so fertile basically like you, within the first hour i read a book called um the miracle morning which yeah. kind of changed my life in a way you need to be super careful what you put into your mind most people get up and look straight at their phone and your mood is then at the whim of whatever you're looking at and we have a tendency as humans because of our evolutionary past to seek out what annoys us and what we dislike so most people's feeds are filled with things that are the opposite political persuasion. And we're seeking out things that are negative and that seeps into us. So I spend a lot of time on my phone, but it's all self-development, positive yeah. stuff. And I won't let anything negative into my zone. Like, you know, I, if I see on, you, you always do it, you go down the rabbit hole, i just go through um, YouTube, not interested, not interested, not interested. So I only wanna see positive things that are gonna drive me yeah. every day. And that's part of, you know, succeeding in business, I think, is controlling your mind, yeah.
0: I think one thing I I really struggled with on social media was how judgmental you become without even realising it. And I I wanted to do this podcast, but it was almost as though I'd been trained to criticise everything and not in a good way. Mm. Like, my judgement became very negative, and I just... I was aware of that. Yeah. And I think as soon as I got rid of social media... Within a day, I, I didn't miss it at all. Like yeah. it takes up so much of your time. Then as soon as you get rid of it, you're surprised at how little you miss it. Yeah. But how much control and without you even realizing how much control it had over your brain and the way you were thinking. So now I'm, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult to try and create than it is to just watch and judge. Yeah. And I like to think I'm. I'm now on the right path and, and at least getting better at doing this and trying something. Yeah. It's better than sitting and just judging and never getting over Absolutely. that fear of at least rolling the dice.
1: And we, we're not just judging other people, we're judging ourselves. And I think you know, that's something we're all guilty of. We all have that voice in our head that's insanely negative. And if you had somebody else in your life that was saying, oh, you're rubbish, you're not good at this, you know, your podcast's not good, you're not clever, you get rid of them because mm-hmm. like you don't want it to hear that but we do it to ourselves and i think i i was literally on the train yeah. on the way here i was thinking you know i haven't been sleeping much recently because of, of like the illness, I was like oh you look like shit and i was like stop telling yourself that like do you know what i mean like that's a, that voice needs to stop and i catch myself now whenever i'm doing that like today i had a, mm-hmm. i i'm on steroids from the the doctor so my head's all over the place and i had a consulting call today from my old corporate job and you know it's an investment group, and they're barking questions at me, and I was really doubting myself. And I thought, no, I'm not going to frame it like this. So I started thinking, I'm really excited for this. Um, you know, I'm a professional. I'm going to do well at this. That's what I've been doing the last few days. I woke up this morning excited for it because you know everything is how we frame it. You know, if I was in my head telling myself I was going to flop, you're on these steroids, your brain's not going to work, you've forgotten stuff, then it's going to manifest itself in reality. Yeah. So. I think just catch, well, what I try and do is catch myself when I'm having negative self-talk. Even if I have to lie to myself, I'll do it. Mate, to <laughs> be
0: to be very honest with you, for you to have your head this screwed on while you're on steroids as well is <laughs> is amazing. Very I, I can well tell you imagine. from experience. I've also been on them. Mine was in the context of a hospital room, so I had no meetings or anything to oh, damn it. to actually show up for, and that was so, so hard. I can tell that the mood, sing- the mood swings were ridiculous.
1: Have you spoken about that on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. So, so I can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I was thinking about what you said, um, and just I just can't believe how difficult that must have been, because you were 16 at the time, weren't you? Yeah, 16. And did you say nine months that you spent, and yeah. you know, now what? from what I know with these steroids, it's tough, you know, like I framed, it's back to framing, I framed it, all mm. of this in a positive light. and it's helping me and i'm absolutely i'm even enjoying this process but um to do that 16 when you're i i think probably for you the steroids and your hormones at 16 my gosh i just can't believe it but just to spend nine months in hospital i mean such an achievement to to come out of it and then to be so successful and be like you know at such a pivotal time in your life i've thought about it quite a lot since you said that actually um it just just must have been tough but yeah no, I appreciate it. you saying that man <laughs> yeah. it
0: means a lot um, and in a very strange way I think now it's been a few years I look back on that experience and I think I was very fortunate to have just lived through that Yeah. to have gone through something like that and now just sit down with regular people I say regular people normal yeah. people and just know I've got this in my in my artillery Like I just, I've got this experience of of like being exposed to a real darkness and struggle to have gone through that and lived through it and come off with, you know, turning a negative into a positive. It's It's framing. It's all framing.
1: I mean, you have gone through something that very few people have and you can draw from it a strength that others mm. cannot. I mean, you know, there's there's that line, the universe sends the toughest challenges to its strongest warriors. I mean, I, I believe in that. So like, you know, it, it creates a strength. And um, I think, you know, I, I would, so I, I used to have massive imposter syndrome. So I grew up in a quite a dodgy area. I had a bit of a dodgy upbringing, like, you know, lots of stuff happened, you know, I never thought I would end up in a boardroom <laughs> in, early in my career with all of these incredibly successful people. but. You know, I could think I'm an imposter here, but even at that age, I framed it as, you know, I've gone through some stuff that none of these guys have. Like, you know, there is a strength in that. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's how you frame things.
0: I feel as though I've had the exact same thought in in a boardroom with all these very successful, kind of intimidating characters, and you're there. And I just use the whole backstory as, because of all of that, I'm now here. Yeah. And I use that as, yeah, my backbone. As, yeah. as I can be supremely confident in myself and why yeah. I'm here because of all the things I've been through. Yeah, And it's like, despite all of that, I'm here.
1: Yeah, and, and it's more than, you know, I can't, I don't know anyone that I can think of that's gone through more, to be honest with you. I'm sure people have gone through horrific things, but it's, um, I've been very blessed in my life So, you know, to be honest though, when stuff happens to me, I kind of just palm it off. (laughs) But so I guess I have gone through quite a lot. But yeah, I think um, the the thing is about our past and our story is it's it's ours to frame. We're only living in the present. You could frame that situation in so many different ways. And if you choose to frame it in a way that you can draw strength from, it can be such a powerful experience. And I think the problem a lot of people have is they're not you know actively thinking about their past and their story we we tell ourselves horrible things oh I can't speak in public or you know I'm not confident or you know I'm shy we're creating that story that Mm. story doesn't exist the past is gone the present exists your story is a narrative that is being created by you and we can change it in one second Mm. but people don't this is powerful stuff (laughs) it's powerful stuff I've um I think i want to finish off with yeah. asking
0: what's next what's
1: next um next for me is hitting that seven figures continuing to grow to eight figures so expanding into the us expanding into europe with the help of amazon um then under the umbrella company creating a second brand and moving on towards that footsie 100 company that i've um that I've taught, I mean, this to me is a university degree. I'm mm. doing three years of intensive brand building. I want to become a master. I want to master the different facets of e-commerce. Mm. So it's that, and it's, you know, spend time with my family and my girlfriend, and go to the gym and be happy. That's that's Amazing. all I want, and I'm Amazing. doing it. <laughs>
0: what is this brand,
1: just to... Um The brand's called Perfect. so it's P-U-R-R as in per like a cat, F-E-C-T-S, Perfects.com. Um, we also sell at amazon.co.uk slash uk/ perfect. Um, I'm not telling anyone to go out and buy it because <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about that. But yeah, that's what it is. No, but seriously, see, I think
0: yeah. I think the way this conversation has gone, mm-hmm. I understand why there's so much attention to detail and quality, yeah. and I think that resonates with the products you created yeah. and why you've got yourself to being an Amazon bestseller now. Yeah, it, but... it really has flown through and. Thank you. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very surprised—not surprised. I think I'm, I don't know what the word is, but this conversation has blown me away. It's gone on a
1: tangent, obvious. to be fair, but um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's got a, a lot of things that I've spoken about today that I've never spoken to anyone about, but have been swirling around in my head, and the steroids have probably <laughs> brought them out.
0: <laughs> you You also wanted to. Um, I don't know how how far you've got with actually putting a course out
1: yeah that's something um in the pipeline or in the pipeline so the next three months I've decided to uh, take a different tack to the business so I'm going to go a bit easier on myself I think I've sent myself to the hospital that's not going to be stopping my goals but I'm going to turn my angle to my personal income as well as my business income and part of Mm. that is a coaching course so yes I will be creating a um, two months intensive course of launching your first product on Amazon I'm going to market that Yeah,
0: I think you've clearly shown why you, you're you in a position to now offer a course I mean what you've done in the last two years is nothing short of remarkable oh, to be quite honest with you, you so.
1: I, <laughs> I wouldn't consider, I'm quite harsh on myself so I, I would say it'll be remarkable <laughs> once we get the seven figures
0: <laughs> so I appreciate you doing this my friend no problem man, thank Thanks, you man.